Are you looking to unlock the next level of success by creating an incredible business strategy and then coupling it with a personal development plan? Well, I am your girl to help you do just that. If you're looking for more information regarding me, Michelle Mercier, your trustee host, and how to book me as a coach, consultant, or a speaker, please visit my website, which is Michelle A. Mercier. Com. But for right now, I am jumping in with the incredible Matt Ward. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? Whew, I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. entrepreneur and welcome to today's show. We are talking about probably one of my top five favorite topics when it comes to doing business. And I'm welcoming Matt Ward to the show here. And he's got a really interesting backstory, which I'm going to let him tell a lot about, but just some highlights, you know, everything from breaking the cycle of poverty to making a million selling a business to, you know, starting the business that he's doing today, which focuses on helping businesses get more word of mouth referrals, which is our topic folks for today. He has two amazing books which you can find on Amazon and you need to run, not walk and buy, um, entitled More Word of Mouth Referrals, Lifelong Customers and Raving Fans. And then his latest book is called The High Five Effect, How to Do Business with People Who Bring You Joy. And I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Do you really want to work with people who suck? I don't. I don't think I want to do that. Um, and Matt is a professional member of the National Speakers Association, 40 under 40 recipient and a chamber small business owner of the year and just an all around fantastic person. So Matt, thank you. And welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on the show, Michelle. I am excited to be here. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be, I just reading your bio, I was like, Ooh, I can't wait to hear his journey. Cause it sounds like a good one folks. So take us back, take us back to Hershey. Hershey. Oh yeah. So I, I grew up in a chocolate town, USA, good old Hershey, Pennsylvania. And for those people who are listening or watching, you know, uh, if you've never been to Hershey, there's a couple of great things about it. The first of which is the streetlights are wrapped in unwrapped Hershey yeah. kisses. Yeah. It's a real thing. I've been there. Then, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and the that. second thing is it smells like chocolate. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So that's how I got as big as I am. I gained a pound every day just <laughs> breathing in that town. Um, but no, I worked at Hershey Park and I graduated from uh, private tuition-free boarding school in Hershey. What most people don't know is that Milton Hershey created the chocolate company and the park and all the things around Hershey, but him and his wife couldn't have kids. And so they created a, a, a boarding school for disadvantaged and poverty stricken kids that over 11,000 kids have gone to that school. And uh, I'm lucky enough to have gone there for, for seven years of my life from sixth grade to, to graduating high school. And uh, you know, it changed my life. And for me, you know, my dad walked out when I was six and, my mom was a single mom of three boys and, and it was a, it was a real struggle. Uh, we had moved all across and around the country. We were out in Idaho when my dad left and ended up back in DC area where my grandfather was a judge for the social security administration. So, um, 
you know, that, that school changed my life. I'm the youngest of three boys, the first to graduate high school and the only one not to go to prison. Wow. So it set me on a path to, to what I didn't know where I would be today. I struggled in, in the early nineties, um, with finding what I was going to do in life. And, um, ultimately ended up selling my car on the street of Washington, DC on labor day of 1997. And I sold it for 50 bucks. That's the only money I had in my pocket. Damn. And I relocated to Massachusetts to Lemister mass. And, um, and I got a job in a mailroom in Worcester at an insurance company. And I worked my way up into their IT department and ultimately just kept leveling up my life until I started this web company part-time. Uh, and it all was born out of this idea that I was sitting on the board for the Lemister Pop Warner. And I said, we should get one of these new things called a website. This is back in 1999. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I was a coach that was volunteering on the board. And I said, we should get a website. They said, that's a great idea, Matt, go do it. And I was like, what do I know about that? <laughs> yeah. And so I basically outsourced it to a friend who said she would do it for free. And next thing you know, I had a company. My first paying client was Neshoba Pop Warner. And Thanks. it went from there. In 2005, I took it full time. Uh, I ended up having 10 employees at one point. Um, we made it through the recession. Our largest client was Toys for Tots all over the country. Did work for them. And uh, in 2018, I sold it to one of my employees and exited and, and, uh, and became a full-time professional speaker speaking about referrals. I grew that business through networking, which yeah. I knew nothing about when I started yeah. the business. I, I didn't have any concept of what networking and, and word of mouth was. I, I, I have no business degree. I didn't go to college. Right. Um, I shouldn't say I didn't go to college. I went to college. I was, I was going to major in hotel restaurant management. And the first semester I failed my final of broccoli and cheese sauce class. <laughs> That's a thing. So, number one. That's a thing. It was a thing. <laughs> and so I quit. I'm like, I can't do this. I wanted to be a hotel manager, not a restaurant chef or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just pieced it all together and I started reading a lot of business books and following a lot of people. And one of the people that sort of, you know, I, I did the e-myth and implemented that and really started working on the business, started doing a lot of networking and then um, started reading books by Mike Michalowicz, um, yeah. Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, um, Pumpkin Plan. And I met Mike at a speaking gig that I was doing for Constant Contact years ago. And, um, you know, we kind of hit it off and, and stayed fringe in touch, so to speak, um, until Profit First came out. And then I read that in 2016, implemented it in 17 and sold my business for a lot more money than I would have ever had if I had not implemented that, that, that process. Wow. And so that changed the game for me. And then when I communicated that to Mike, we stayed in touch and uh, I'm thankful he actually endorsed my latest book, The High Five Effect. So that's yeah. exciting. Um, but yeah, that's my journey. And that now, you know, in 2019, I did 35 speaking gigs all over the country talking about word of mouth referrals. And then in 2020, it just dropped off like a cliff because of, of the COVID. And yeah. so I had to, as the big word in 2020 was, I had to pivot. pivot. I started doing more one-on-one -on -one coaching, group coaching, things like that. Um, and just kind of finding my way. And one thing I realized through that process was I, I, I never wanted to be on Zoom as much as I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I did this public speaking thing is because I wanted to impact more people from the stage, but I also wanted to be out and traveling and, and that just went away. And so I just modified my coaching business so that I wasn't doing 10 or 15 coaching calls a week. I just didn't want that. Right. 
Right. And so I became really, really picky about who I was bringing on and, and only selected a few, a handful of one-on-one clients. And then I just have everybody else in the group coaching program, which is a lot less for them. And it's easier for me to manage. Right. And it also means that I don't have anxiety because what I noticed was one of the things I really didn't like about being in business in, in the web business that I was in was I was so busy doing all the networking and, and sales and things that my calendar was massively full. Yeah. And when I got out of that business, I really liked the freedom that I had. And so when COVID hit and I was dealing with all these appointments, I started seeing my calendar pop up again, being full. And I'd get up in the morning and look at my calendar and I'd have seven, eight, 10 Zoom calls. And yeah. I was like, Makes this your head is, hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a lot. Yeah. And so I just started started asking myself a really important question, which is why am I feeling this way? And what I realized was it was just about blocking the calendar out that was creating the problem. And so I just changed my business model so that I didn't have to do that anymore. And now, now I, I look forward to every day and I get to choose what I do every single day. Yeah. And um, I really try not to book appointments after one o'clock any given day. Yeah. I don't allow my calendar to be booked on Mondays and Fridays. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. It's Good. all a complete it's choice. The choice, which I think people forget. I have clients that have that exact problem all the time and they're so burnt out and they don't realize, and they're so terrified as well to say like, oh, I won't take meetings on Mondays and Fridays, but what if a client wants to meet or what if somebody wants to hire me? Well, then they'll still be there on a Tuesday friend. <laughs> like, right. Well, that. We treat people how, how to treat us, number exactly. one. Yep. So if we're always available, then they're always going to call, text, or email in mm-hmm. the middle of the night. Yes, and that are. happened in the web business. Yep. And I had that mentality. The other issue, it, it just comes down. Somebody said to me, I really wish I could get to the point where you are. And I said, I said, freedom is a choice. It's yes. a very distinct choice to not allow people who, regardless of who they are, to steal your time. Yes. Yes. When you start to value your time and that freedom of choice. Now, I tell people all the time, if you want to work seven days a week, work seven days a week. Right, but I choice. want it to be a specific <laughs> choice every yeah. time you choose to do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it and I think that requires slowing down long enough to make the choice, right? And being aware and tapping into yourself and saying, like, oh, like you just described, like, oh, this doesn't feel good. Why doesn't this feel good? And taking a moment to actually ask those questions. So that you don't just have the choice of a default because the default is a choice as well, folks, right? Like you're choosing to just ignore it instead, which is not going to help you in the long run, right? Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's jump a little bit, friend, because I was reading the book and, or books, plural, because I'm reading them both. I'm almost done with one and I'm into the other one. So, you know, it's well known, you know, that people do tend to do business with people that they know, like, and trust, right? But you think that there's one more thing. Yeah. Can you so tell us that, about that, please. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I'm sure the listening audience has seen and heard this time and time and time yes. again, because early on when it came out of networking and, and great thought leaders like Bob Berg and Bill Cates and, 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 and Jeffrey Gittimer have said that people do business with who they know, like, and trust. And I actually don't believe that's true. I think people do business with who they know, like, trust and care about Yes. because yes. we can know you, we can like you, we can trust you. But if we don't care about your success, ultimately, deep down, we're not going to refer you. Right. And if we care about you and refer you, 
the byproduct of that is reciprocity. After time, people start to refer back the other yes. way. Yeah. And the core component truly to getting more referrals is to care about other people so much so that you're not even caring about yourself because when you care about other people for the referral, they see through that. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, I mean, in, in regards to that, I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, I think we were just talking about this before that people overcomplicated a lot and it's really just a matter of giving a shit. <laughs> like, and right. Like I say, I say that a lot about a lot of yeah. stuff. Like it's really just about good humaning and giving yeah. a shit. Right. And then, you know, and tracking it and having a system of giving a shit as well in there, but you know, can you give us some examples you know, from the book, because you have some beautiful ones in there that people can, that people can use because it's, it is also about active listening as well. Yeah. So first of all, um, I talk about it in the book called care package that there's four components to actually getting referrals and that, you know, they don't all have to be present at once. They can be intermingled. Right. Um, but the first one is over delivery. Are you over delivering to your clients? And that's not under promising and over delivering. I hear this all the time. That's not what that is. That's stacking the deck in your favor. And that's Bush league. Don't do that. That's about you, not about them. Instead, just over deliver. So an example is if you were uh, producing a, a deliverable, a, a, let's just say a logo design for, for someone. If the expectation is that the logo design will be done in a week, then over-delivering is providing that in less than that time. Yes. Right, right. And it might just be communication. It might be over-delivering around uh, a physical product. If you have a physical product, it might be the packaging of the physical product that's an over-delivery. Right. So there's a lot of ways you can over-deliver. The second is surprise. And I define that as an uh, unexpected gift at an unexpected time. Right. So what are you giving as a gift? And it could be anything from literally a handwritten card. That's a it surprise. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be big. It no. just has to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. And it has to be thoughtful and it has to be yes. about them and focus on them and not you. So if you yes. know somebody is, for instance, our mutual friend, Amy Flores Young. Fantastic. Big, yeah. Big Disney fan. Yes. Right? Yes, she is. So yeah. if you're in a store and you see a Disney keychain, boom, you give it to her. Now, yeah. here's, here's where the, the third component comes in. And that's listening. Yes. Are we focused on other people and actually hearing? So what do we know? Well, we know she's a big Disney fan, but here's an even tighter, tighter thing about Amy. She's a big Winnie the Pooh fan. Yes. <laughs> so if you know that, then you can keep your eye out for Winnie the Pooh. I don't know. Slippers, you mm -hmm. know, or like, you know, a pen, right? And these things don't cost a lot of money, but they help you pay attention. It's just like you would do with a family member. Yeah. Uh, and so you really kind of make it personal. So that's listening. And the final thing is non-self-serving acts. What can you do for others that have no bearing or benefit on you? And I, I really get a lot of this, these concepts from the book I read, Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi years ago. It's about giving without the expectation of getting anything in return. And will we have this idea that pops in our head? Hey, wait, When's my turn? When am I going to get the referral? Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. Even I, the expert in this, get that thought. Yeah. The key is not acting on it. Right. Just pushing it aside. Now let's talk about examples. So one of, one of my favorite examples is Frosty Fridays. You can go to Wendy's, get the mini Frosties yeah. and just take them into a client location and drop them off and then walk out of the room. You're not staying there. You're not chatting. You're not yeah. talking about sales. You're not 
It's just, hey, I thought you guys, here's a mix of the vanilla and the chocolate frosties. You get the mini ones, cost you hardly nothing, maybe 10 bucks. You drop them off at a client location. That's an example. How about um, knowing, listening to your contact and knowing whether or not they're a Starbucks or a Dunky fan? Right. And then a $5 emailed uh, digital gift card for coffee when you meet on a Zoom with them. Right. Hey, let's have coffee and send it via digital. Super nice. How about Uber Eats delivery? Yeah. How about just information? Like you read a blog about solar energy and you know somebody like in my in my wheelhouse, there's a guy that does sustainability solar stuff. His name's Seth Mansour. He's out of Worcester. And so I could just take that article and email it to him and say, hey, Seth, here's an article. I was just thinking of you. Yeah. So like, I don't know if it's helpful or not. And part of me doesn't care if it's helpful. I mean, I do care that I'm helping him, but I don't know at what depth I'm helping him. So I might add a line that says, um, if I'm off the mark, let me know, you know, and I'll make sure I give you quality information in the future. An example, uh, networking. If you're going to a networking event, invite someone to go with you. One of your contacts. Yep. Doesn't have to be a client, by the way, Michelle. It can just be. Mm. Be anyone in your sphere. Yeah. Somebody that you know. Yeah. And so that that's an important part too that I think is important. I don't think the only place that you're probably going to read the word customers is on the cover of this book. Yeah. The word contacts is used inside of the book because most people think that they get their referrals from their clients and they're completely dead wrong. Yeah, it's not only they're not tracking it. It's yeah. the sphere you're talking about. It's contacts, it's people, it's just People introduce other people, introductions, introduce more people. Those introductions then start to refer and a referral, somebody ready, willing, and able to buy. And you never know where your next referral is going to come from. Yeah. And I mean, and that's why things like your whisper brand and things like that are so, you know what I mean? When I say that, sometimes people do, and sometimes it's called other things, but you know, the, basically the level of integrity in which you're doing business and what people are saying about you when you're not in the room. And then, you know, for, for a lot of things for me, like business comes to me because I've, because I've done what you just said. And because like, there's a genuine level of integrity behind what you're doing as well. I I literally just did exactly what you just said about that article to somebody the other day, because you care about the person and because caring breeds more caring. And I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to sound cheesy here, but it's, it's a massive ripple effect, right? It is. And it also raises your own. Yes internal happiness yeah because when you write cards for people you start to smile one of the things i talk about in the high five effect you know the the book the high five effect came out of the word of mouth keynote talk i was doing where the last bit of the speech the last 10 minutes is about this story about one of my uh good friends david in lemonster who's a, a real estate attorney and how i invited him to play golf at a chamber event and he agreed to show up and he hates golf and he despises golf and he's horrible at it. And after about nine holes, he quit and just put his feet up and was drinking beer. And I finally said to him, why did you agree to come out? And he said, because you asked. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's powerful. And we never talked business until the 18th hole when he said, oh, call me tomorrow. I want to talk to you about some business. And I call him and then he buys a new website. And so when you think about the relationships that you have with people and it's just it's just about relating and caring and all of that just is it just breeds happiness throughout 
And the more of that you can do, um, the more you're going to attract the right people. The high five effect came from this idea that you should really just be willing to high five anybody in any office building. Now, with COVID and all that crazy yeah, stuff, from a distance, the whatever. physical <laughs> high five might not work. But what I've been telling people lately was do this. Next time you go to a networking event, and, and it, let's assume for a second it's an unmasked networking event, just lock eyes with somebody across the room and start to walk toward them. They'll walk toward you and then put your hand up like you're going to high five. Even if they don't high five you, I guarantee you one thing, they will smile. Yes. Because there's something about that action that invokes happiness and joy. And that's what business should be about. Too often people leave the corporate world to start a business and they want more money, more time and more freedom. And they don't get any of that. And, right. and if we can get to that much quicker, we're going to be a much happier society for sure. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, and it lends itself more to being about this like concept of flow, right. And less about pushing and forcing yeah. and hustling and grinding and all of I'm those so tired of that word. active words that I'm with you. I'm just kind of like, can we not hustle grind and whatever the hell else goes with that? Like I would much prefer a client flow through it because oftentimes, and I'm sure, you know, tell me your two cents on this. They forget about the time freedom part of it. And they, they only go for the money part of it. And then when yeah. that's not coming, they're like, oh, but why, why am I so pissed off? Why am I so angry all the time? Like, well, because you forgot about the time freedom, friend. And you also forgot about the fact that this is supposed to be not all the time, but a good amount of the time. I'd like to think it's fun and full of yeah. joy. <laughs> so I, I think that there, are, yeah. And I think the problem, oh, so many places to go with this. The, yeah. the biggest issue I think with salespeople is they like to sell directly. <laughs> I love the fact that and you said sales. As a human, sell. we love to buy, but we hate to be sold to. Hence yeah. spam calls yep. and the uh, pitch slap on LinkedIn. I call it oh, God, where, yeah, exactly. That's and so nuts. we hate that, but we're happy to buy that same product from somebody else when we're ready to buy. Yeah. So why is sales and money the number one driver in the book i wrote about it it's just really simple it's 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 um survival it's when they start a business they take on all these bad clients because they get gotta survive but once we get out of that once we get to a predictable amount of revenue coming in every month then we can start to push away these bad clients these red flag clients yeah. and when we do that now we start to focus on the right thing see for me money is about one thing and one thing only not going back to where i came from originally Right. poverty. Yeah. I just don't want to go backwards, but I'm not trying to put a million bucks in the bank. I don't care about that. I need to eat. I need to pay my bills. But to me, the most important thing is the freedom, that freedom of the calendar. When you, when you sit down and start to realize what the most important thing to you is, you will start reprioritizing your life so that money is not the driver. Because if money's the driver, you're not, you've already checked out of this podcast. Yeah, agreed. And you're agreed. not you're not our people. Here. You're not our people. <laughs> it's so a, it see has to be in the it should be in the list of, you know, I'm not I'm not faulting anybody who it is like on your list of things that you want. That's oh. fine, but if it is your like number one like yeah. driver here, then we have yeah. If money's your purpose, turn this podcast off. <laughs> yeah, if money's your purpose, you're you're not here. I think yeah. the people 
who who have a purpose that is not money. Yes, we have to make money. I I have no doubt. I mean, yeah. I have to make money, but. You know, there's also, by the way, if I don't make money, there's a lot of other things I can give up yeah, to, to still make it in life. Right. Um, so, and, and by the way, the, the first year I ever made $100,000, I almost threw up because I come from nothing. Like to me, $30,000 was a lot of money. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's just, it's just about really understanding the mindset of that stuff and you know, and there are people that play the other game, which is the money is the most important thing, or they're, or they're playing the numbers game. Now, in in networking and referrals, it is also a numbers game. Yep. But it's mixed with the quality and the consistency around it. Yeah. Whereas in the sales game, it's often not about that. It's often just about hitting the numbers because the math has shown that we get one sale out of every hundred calls, for example. Right. And you can, t- you can always tell the difference between that, right? Like, like the LinkedIn stuff that you mentioned, I'm like, well, I want to respond sometimes and be like, which number am I on you? Because I know that you're trying to hit 500 direct mails or whatever in order to, to get to your one, you know, when you're high, maybe you have a high conversion or whatever price point on that conversion. But, you know, to, to your point, like it's, if money is the only thing, you know, I, and again, I'm not, I'm not dogging it, but you bring up a really good good point around that hundred K. Like, I think we all underestimate our paradigms when it comes to that stuff too. And, and what you, it's why lottery winners lose all their money. It's, it's, you know, because there isn't something else tethered underneath. And then I have a lot of clients who will say things like, you know, they'll feel selfish if they make money. And I, and I always flip that around saying, no, no, you can serve more. You Mm. can do more when you, when you're there. There's also a very big misconception, Michelle, around how much money we actually need and how many clients we need. We think we need so many that we go into these networking events and we go into these um, networking groups and we're like regurgitating from our soul every service we have. Instead of being so targeted and having a target market we're approaching with a niche product and service where we're shooting fish in a barrel because we only need 20 clients, but they haven't done the math for actually no, how many clients they actually need. I was doing the math with a guy the other day and um, based on a service that charges uh, roughly a hundred dollars a week, $400 a month, he would need 19 and a half clients on that service to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Now it's not hard to get 19 clients. Is it easy? No, but it's not a hundred. Right. And that's probably what he thought before we yeah. actually went through the we process. The numbers. Of, yeah. 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 So I, I just think that there's, there's more to it than that. And, and again, this comes back to what we were saying earlier is if you can just slow down just a little bit and think it through, yeah. then you'll start to realize, wait, uh, where are my 19 clients? Where do they live? Where, where are they hanging out? Uh, how, who else has access to them? How can I get to them through referral sources and things like that? Right. Start building deep, meaningful relationships to do that. This, this happens to be a video guy. And so I, I'm like, okay, well, how many web people are you talking to every week? How many marketing people are you talking to every week? You know, yeah. these are the people that are going to refer you and bring you in. And yeah. uh, he's like, yeah, <laughs> good point. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you know. thanks. I do this for a living. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, but again, to your point, it's more sometimes I call that like stepping into the CEO role of your business and not just being in the churn of it, right? So you're just like, I gotta, I gotta get out there and I gotta get the clients. And oh my goodness, what you described around like the person thinks they need a hundred when really they need five. 
you know, based on their price point. But if you don't ask yourself, what is it that I actually want and or need, or what are my priorities in this chapter of life that I'm in? Like all of those types of questions, then yeah, you're never going to attain your goal. Number one, you're never going to hit it because it's unrealistic in this time of your life potentially. Um, and it's not in alignment with your values or what you, you know, need. With Nathan, one of the things Nathan was doing was, was exactly what you're talking about. He was spending over 10 hours a day editing video. And, and I said to him, Nathan, what's your goal? What do you want to build here? You want to build an agency? Oh yeah. And I, I said, do you like the editing? I love it. I go, well, you can't do it anymore. Like you can't do the editing anymore. What you need yeah. to be, yeah. you need to be the creative director with the vision, share the vision and train the editors because otherwise you're not going to be able to bring in enough business no. that produces this. Um, and, and that's when the light bulb sort of went off that he realized that he had to let some things go in order. And so when I work with clients, you know, sometimes they call me a business coach. I don't really like to call myself that. Yes, I have a lot of business knowledge and I've done some great things. What I try to do is move some of these bigger blocks out of the way so that we can focus on the networking and the referral and the relationship building stuff yeah. with the right people. And so what I had to do was free that. I needed to free up time so that I could get him refocused on doing five reach outs a day yeah. to just building relationships with people, not having any interest in selling them anything. And it was, it was really good. And one of the things he, he constantly brought up was the difference between marketing. You know, oh, this is marketing and relationship building. Well, no, there's a difference between marketing and caring. Yeah. Yes, you need to do marketing. That's social media marketing. That's um, direct mail marketing. That might be automated systems and email blasts and all. I do all those things. Right. But there's also the caring, which is the one-to-one -one focused interaction with other people. And that's where the results happen. You know, at the end of the day, people don't really buy from, and I, I've been doing email newsletters for a long time. I was the number that's three fine. partner in constant yeah. contact for many years. People don't buy from the email newsletters. They buy from the relationship that you have. If you want somebody to buy your product or service, you need to pick up the phone and call them. Mm -hmm. And that comes from a relationship you built before them because they're not going to answer your call if they don't know you. Right. Right. And or if they do, the then, goal. but for me, like with that, like if they happen to buy from that situation, like, I don't even know that I want that sale because that's like, they're not going to stay know, the six month minimum or right. the 12 month it's, minimum. Or maybe they do, maybe they don't, but I'm leaving it way too much up to chance at mm -hmm. that point. And it's just, it's not, it's not something that I'm willing, you know, a risk so I'm willing to take. I run a network, an online Zoom thing once a month called the Big Connect. And then in 2021, I ran an in-person event called the Big Event, which was a golf event and a networking event. Yeah. And it had sponsors. It had people that had to buy golf tickets. It had people that bought networking tickets and dinner tickets. I think 20% of the people signed up through email blasts. Right. All the rest of them and all the sponsors, not a, maybe one sponsor signed up just off the website. All of them signed up because I called them on the phone because these are people I had relationships with. They were in my contact sphere. They were people I was caught. You can't, by the way, if you don't have a relationship with them, if you, if, if you just showed up on a zoom call and then next week you ask them to buy something, they're not going to do that. No, and that's not how this works. No. And I just, and again, going back to, I know we've mentioned quite a few times, LinkedIn, LinkedIn DMs, Instagram DMs, all of that stuff. And I, you know, and there's been times when I've received that I'm like, 
you didn't even read my damn profile. Because if you read my profile, then you would absolutely know that this is a You know how many times I get asked if I want to write a book? (laughs) And it would be like, hey, hey, have you ever thought about writing your first book? And I'm like, really? Like your automated message that you're using isn't even automated enough. Like you don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Or, or my, my favorite is when I get an email that says dear anonymous, <laughs> that's cracking me up, but I'm like, at least figure out a way to put a default in there. So it's like, dear friend, or do you dear even friend. have to, is dear even appropriate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, yeah. just, but these, these are the types of things that crack me up. So yeah. question for you though, on this, because it's something that I've heard from clients before and I've worked through it with them is what happens when people get burnt out on the giving, right? Yeah. Because again, like you said, like there, I agree. Like it's not necessarily about the reciprocity and oh, tit for tat and all that stuff, but there mm-hmm. is a potential to get burnt out on it. If you're just giving, giving, giving. We go through, we go through cycles of this and uh, it's a mindset. It, it is. And it's something that you have to work on. I, I think 90% of small business ownership is mindset based. Yes. Agreed. Um, it's about focus and, and, uh, and, and where our head is at. Do we reach points at, at some point where we, we, we're burnt out on some version of our contact sphere or giving? Absolutely. Even I who practice this every day, get through that burnout. I'll give you an example right now. I, you know, I'm a big proponent of utilizing the CRM, right? Any kind of CRM you have, the best CRM to use is the one you actually use. Exactly. Thank you. Well, guess who's not using his right now? Me. Now I do have it tied in. So when I send emails, it's automatically logging those, which is great. But how am I going to get back on track? I need to put some focus on it. I was burnt out with my CRM. So I've been probably six weeks since I even been in it. And so now it's time to do a reset. So today uh, I actually scheduled a CRM day in my calendar where I'm just working on my CRM that day. And that will be my reset day. And so it just takes a little bit of focus to get back on track. And I think what we need to do is just go back to, to doing what we'd like to do. If, if, yeah. If gift giving is, is burned out, then maybe we just go write cards. Um, and if that's a burnt out, then maybe we just go to Messenger, LinkedIn Messenger or Facebook Messenger and send personal messages to people. Hey, happy birthday and videos and, yeah. and just a video. You know, if you're listening to this right now, you should go to Facebook Messenger or LinkedIn Messenger, whichever one you're connected with Michelle with and send her a personalized video and say hello. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That's no, all it takes. Because, and I think to your point that you made earlier, like that breeds happiness for you. Like I know, like on the day that I'm having the shittiest morning, the first thing I do is pay for the person behind me in Dunkin' Donuts, you know, or like, as you're going through, like, because it will, and I can, this is something I'm sure you and I can both guarantee if you put it out there, it will revitalize you. But to your point, maybe you just need to tweak it a little bit so that it feels like it's sparking joy or just go seek out some joy to counterbalance the burnout, you know, so that you can move back into that area of things. Burnout is legit. It happens in every part of our life. There are specialists in burnout. Yep. I mean, I've been through it. It just takes a reset. It's a mindset. Sometimes it just means you got to go get some sun. Come visit me in Fort Myers, whatever it is. (laughs) I'm there. No, (laughs) I'll be there tomorrow. No. Um, But I think you're, you're exactly right. I mean, for, 
for me, like I found myself height of the pandemic. I was running a networking group. I was caring about everybody. I had the family, I had the clients, I had everyone freaking out because things were shutting down every five seconds. And there got to a point where, you know, and I've done this a couple of times professionally where I just said, Nope, you're off the playing. You're, you can't, you're coming off the board. Right. Because so that I, in the pandemic happened, I had two weekly networking events. I was running weekly mm, Mondays at 8 AM Thursdays right? at yep. 5 PM. And I did it for a year. And then um, there was attrition that happened. It was a free thing and people were coming. And then all of a sudden people kind of didn't come. We started having right. three, four people and people got busy. And I'm like, you know what? It's cool. It's, it's coming off the plate. Right. It's one less thing I have to stress about. Right. Um, right. And there's nothing wrong with that either. I think, but again, it goes back to pretty much what we've been saying this whole time is if you don't slow down long enough to understand where you're pushing, where you're forcing, you know, to know that it's okay to let it go and to make that calculated decision, then, you know, you're going to be fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah. And you got to have self-care in this process yes, too. Yes. Thank you. You do. You do. And not self-care. And I mean, I love a good bubble bath or massage or whatever, but self-care as in like, you know, just, just taking time. Yes. Thank you. Just taking time, no matter what that looks like, but self-care in the first fact that it recharges you. <laughs> I think that what I've, what I've discovered with self-care is it's literally just pressing the pause button. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And just trying to get everything around you just to stop spinning for a moment yep. and yeah. just, and just sit still and just, if, if you, if you want to think great, but just sit, mm -hmm. just be still and just see what rises to the top. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll slow your heart rate. It'll get you refocused. Even if you got to take a day, you can yeah. press pause for the day. I mean, one of the things that I did and, and I tell people to do when they want to work less days is I, the very first thing I tell them is start taking half days in the afternoon on Friday. Yeah. And if you do that for three to six weeks until you're comfortable, then you take full Fridays off. Yep. Then you go to half day on Monday. Yep. And then you go to full day on Monday. And now you're working three days a week. And I've done this. I did it in the web business. And then I did it in my current business. Yeah. Because it walks you into it. And it doesn't feel as jarring, I think. Well, I mean, that's good yeah. advice for any habit that you want to adopt, really, or any change, I think, is to kind of, you know, inch stone it yeah. <laughs> into it, I guess, instead of sometimes milestones are too big. Yeah, I mean, not everybody likes to do the cannonball into the cold pool. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've had guests on here who like literally do that and figuratively do it all day. Um, but it doesn't like, to your point, it doesn't necessarily work. And especially in the climate that we're in right now, the more people that are dealing with burnout, the more people that are kind of just dealing with adversities, maybe that's not going to work for everybody. So bravo. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely not a cannonball kind of guy. I'm much more of a lazy river guy. <laughs> Hence living in Fort Myers, not working after one and going and hanging up by the pool, my friend, which yeah. I love. Yeah. It, it, my dream is actually build a lazy river in my backyard. And actually my website says I'm an expert lazy river rider. That's awesome. Yeah. And when, when the time comes to build that, I am sure that you will have someone in your sphere who you've built a relationship with who will come build you your damn lazy river friend. Okay. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All That's right. Good. So we could go on for hours on this because I love this topic. Um, but can you please tell people where they can find you? Um, or we will talk for like another hour on this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My website and pretty much all my social handles are Matt Ward Speaks. 
Matt Ward speaks. And I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on YouTube. I've got a video that comes out every single week. Um, yeah, if you want some, you know, couple resources on how to fire up your referrals, you can go to fire up your fire up referrals.com. If you're in Massachusetts, um, and uh, just pay attention to the um, to my social media handles. We're going to be releasing uh, networking events. I, I've collated a list of all these networking events that we found to Great. just go to. They're free or online or paid. They're chamber events. They're BNI events. They're Amp Spirit events. They're uh, network after work. So you can kind of go to one place and get them all. Nice. Um, so we're doing that as a resource for people. So different things like that. Um, are the best ways you can you can find me. And my books are on Amazon. Well, I'm sure we'll have links in the show notes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Fun yeah. stuff like that. We definitely will. Well, Matt, this has been a pleasure. And again, could talk to you for like five more hours on this topic. So thank you so much for being here with me today. No problem. I appreciate you having me. And as I always like to say, Michelle, at the end of every video and the end of every speech I ever do, don't forget to live happy, smile a lot and high five everyone around. We're high five on the screen right now, folks. <laughs> I am a big, big huge, gigantic fan of word of mouth referrals. And, you know, a lot of the other things that Matt was saying in this episode, I think we over-engineer a lot of stuff. We talk about pipelines and funneling people through and all of this stuff. And sometimes it is as easy as we were talking about earlier in the episode as, you know, creating the no like trust and caring factors. So looking at that, as well as kind of looking and making sure you're slowing down long enough to examine your own business, examine the level of effort that you are taking to connect with people and to get to know people around you. And I have to say, you know, there are people that I genuinely cared about five, six years ago that I still do business with today. And I hope that that's the case 10 years from now, 15 years from now, because I'm a big fan of also just doing business with people that bring you joy. So keep paying it forward, folks keep, you know, caring about those around you. And I guarantee it, you know, you won't be disappointed. And on next week's episode, I am welcoming the co-CEOs of Evermore Pet Food. Now, Hannah and Allison have an amazing story. You know, their, their company was kind of came about, right? You know, has an origin story around 9-11 and they turned down a ton of money at one point in time. They've got lots of twists and turns and they're truly dedicated to the mission of what their company is bringing to the world. So it's an episode that you don't want to miss. And if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, follow, rate, and review. And you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life, right? See you later.